For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, it's my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and just anyone who's really good at having great conversation. Many of the concepts and topics we cover are local to the Waterbury community, but others, similar to this episode, are more global and abstract. This episode, I'm joined by Cadence, and she discusses her virtual assistant business. And while she targets specifically podcasters and authors, we discuss how a lot of these concepts can also be applied, whether it's in your personal life or if you're just searching for a job. One of the main concepts or takeaways that I had this episode was the concept of, are you adding value? And when we discussed that, I was really intrigued because we often evaluate our life or our job or what we're doing as is it fulfilling us but are we adding value are we adding value back into our community are we putting out a product or are we living our best self so that we are adding value to the world around us and so as we enter the season of 2021 i hope to reflect while we still have time in 2020 to think about am i adding value and if not how can i do better to add value, whether it's through my podcast, my community, or just things in my life. So again, thank you for listening. I hope this finds you well. And remember to add three things to your cup to get you through your day and your week. So I am excited to talk about working from home, your business, how you got started. Um, I'm just super excited. So listeners, for those of you who are listening, I am here with Cadence and we are going to be talking about her business, which is being a virtual assistant. And I'm really interested in your journey and how you got there and kind of the services you offer. But first, before we get too far, I'll start off with our coffee and combo question, which is, are you a coffee or a tea person or do you like both? I definitely drink both, but I gravitate more towards tea. Mm. I actually just went right before Thanksgiving and bought like so many teas because I knew for Thanksgiving, I knew I just wanted perfect cups of tea and I had that all day. I had like green teas. I had some black teas, a couple herbal teas. What's kind of your go-to tea? I like the more like citrusy, flowery Mm. teas, but I'll honestly drink any tea. I just love the wide variety. There's one for every mood, every time of day. It really is. It's just perfect for me. You know, it there it really is. And I find myself, like, when I wake up in the morning, if it's, like, a day where I'm, like, a little bit more groggy, like, I'm going to a nice, bold black tea. There's some days where I'm, like, I'm up, I'm ready, and then I go for, like, a nice mellow green tea. So I completely agree. It just, there's something to easily go with your mood um, throughout the day. 
Yeah, I love tea. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, so are you also like as passionate about the sweetener? Like, do you always use honey? Do you prefer sugar? Or it doesn't really matter to you? I actually use agave nectar. Oh. Um, or I just drink it plain. I I won't say that I'm vegan because I definitely eat cheese here and there, but I'm vegetarian. So I usually try to stay away from from honey, but I'm not like against honey. <laughs> the long long answer. You know, I like agave as well. I don't use it as much, but it definitely has this sweetness that's almost like molasses it just has this nice sweetness to it that um is a nice complement with teas that are that kind of citrus or floral yeah I also like it because I feel like it mixes in better where honey can be heavier Mm. but I do like honey I just I don't know why I don't use it um I'm slightly obsessed with bees (laughs) you know what I would love like this is so off off topic but I would love to one day have like my own little like um do they call it like a bee farm in the backyard so I could have like my own honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So like my whole life. So I grew up and my grandpa has a farm and he has this guy that he lets use a little like strip of his land on the side of a field. Uh He had so many bees and I was so obsessed with him when I was little. I would just go out there and run around with the bees. Really? I've just wanted to have a little beehive in my backyard. You know what? So definitely keep me posted on how that goes. I'm more in like a city environment. So I'm trying to find like some patch of land or something where I can just kind of have my little my little hive. I went to this park and I saw where they had, you know, one it was like a community garden. And um I definitely have to like do some more research and learn how to do this. Yeah, I think I I definitely need to do more research because bees can be tricky, but I actually, we're getting so off topic, but I used to live in Wichita, Kansas, and I worked at the Home Mm -hmm. Depot, and randomly this one day, I met this lady that was shopping there, and we just got to talking, and she said that she was a beekeeper, and I was like, oh my god, (laughs) and so she actually invited me out a couple times to go and see her hives, and hang out and it was just like amazing she just had this little plot of heaven in Kansas right Mm. there I'm actually in the process of trying to move back to Kansas and back like near my family's farm so I can have a little piece of land that I can just oh my gosh how amazing would that be honey like Miss Honey from Matilda like her house that's all Mm -hmm. I want have you seen that movie oh my gosh Matilda you said right yeah, in Miss Honey's little like cottage house that mm-hmm. she has flowers everywhere. Mm-hmm. That would be my little piece of heaven, if I could have that. That was a good movie, but I will not go down that rabbit hole. Um, but definitely keep me posted on this honey and having a beehive. That is definitely um, an awesome journey. And circling back around, you mentioned going back and possibly moving to Can- Kansas. And that is something that you can easily do with your job because you are a virtual assistant, correct? Right. Yes. So please tell me, tell the listeners, what does that mean? How does that work? So um, 
I'd say I do. I'm, I mostly help people with their social medias. Um, I know other virtual assistants help with with other little random tasks, which I'm totally open to doing, but for the most part, I feel like I can do the most good with helping people with their social medias. So people with small businesses, like podcasts, I usually, I tend to focus on like authors and podcasters and helping them get the most out of their social medias, grow their following, get listeners, make sales. And I'm also I'm working on a course for people that don't have a budget to have someone managing their social media, but a course to teach them how to do it themselves. I think that's awesome. And for those listening who are like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. This is just, you know, for people in business or whatever. But a lot of these concepts, as I was looking at your social media page, can be applied to every everyone's life you know whether it is your business whether you are a nonprofit or whether you're just a person trying to have more organization and so i thought that was also very interesting but as you mentioned social media um it really is a full-time job and i didn't realize that um until you start podcasting and you're trying to grow your base and you know you're trying to think of okay what hashtag is going to be um, capture the most people? What what caption is going to capture the most people? How am I going to make content that is, is um, connects to a, a wide variety of people? Uh, it really can be um, a tedious, tedious job. So what drew you to like being a um, virtual assistant and specifically targeting social media um, authors and podcasts? So um authors actually um I got drawn to authors because my dad is an author and has and a pretty popular um reviewer on Goodreads and so there was just like a Mm -hmm. lot of connections through that and I started looking Mm -hmm. at people's social medias and I was like man I could really help people here so that they can get the most out (laughs) of it and then yeah podcasters I just noticed that there was a lot of new podcasters coming up through quarantine and um you know it's just just something that I noticed that they could also use help on their social medias like I'm not I'm not in this to get rich or anything I'm in it to like make an impact and help people get their business going I I love that because I think that like you said, during quarantine, you saw a lot of different people um, with different businesses, different ideas popping up because one, we had all this time on our hands because we weren't, um, like we mentioned before, um, we started recording, commuting for a long period of time, or you might have been reduced in your hours or you can't go out, you know, things have changed and now you have time to kind of dabble in some of your passions. And I think that a lot of ideas, it's not that they're not great ideas or great products, but if you can't have a catchy social media page or website, you've definitely lost your viewer. Yeah, exactly. Which which is why I decided to do a course that's still, still in the works, but because there's so many new people trying to get into it, um, it'll just really help them. Because like you were saying earlier, social media can be so time consuming. And so I want to be able mm-hmm. to break it down for people on how they can do it for themselves and do consultation calls and 
so that they don't have to spend a ton of money when they're just getting started. So I can work with budgets. Absolutely. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, I um, help out with a, a community groups, their social media page. And through that, you know, I see a lot of like nonprofits and they'll have like different events and things that they use to publish on um, social media to let the public know. However, I find sometimes they don't use hashtags or their captions are too lengthy. And so it's like almost a missed opportunity with that they're not using. And so I think that, again, it's really awesome that you decided to kind of use social media and say, hey, how do we help people to really get the most out of their social media page? Right. And that's what I've noticed a lot. Um, And hashtags are so important because that's how you get in front of people that aren't following you. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. no one can see your posts. And some people just don't put the time into, like, hashtag research can take time. And they just don't have the time or they don't understand the importance. So I just want to be there to really help them boost their social medias. Absolutely. And on your social media page, you talked about um, how to choose a reviewer for authors. And one of the things you had talked about was where one of the tips was um, making sure that the reviewer has the time to review your book and making sure they're in the right genre. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very good um, advice, not only just if you know you're putting out a book, but I think again, with people trying to start a new business or trying to start a new venture, um, we often turn to the people in our circle, our friends, our family. And sometimes they are not the best to review because they either are not in the field or they don't understand, have the time to really review it. It's not that they don't want to be helpful, but sometimes like you tell your friend, yeah, yeah, it's really good, but you miss some of the smaller details because you're busy yourself or because you're not really into um, that, that genre, that activity, that business, you kind of don't get it. And you're like, well, I don't know if it's good or not because I don't have any experience there. And so I thought that was um, two pieces of information that were really good to translate, no matter where, whether you were an author, a podcaster, or just someone trying to build your own resume for jobs. Right. Because if you, so I've noticed a lot with authors, they'll just send copies of their book to just whatever reviewer, and then you're wasting copies of your book. If you're sending it to someone that isn't interested in your genre, you're not going to get the good reviews that you want. Mm -hmm. Same goes with if they don't have time, they're just going to kind of like do it on the side. Like if it's a podcast, they'll listen to it on the side and Mm -hmm. yeah, they make small details that are really important when you're needing a really good review. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting because in this time where, you know, people are trying to get things done, it's about how do you maximize your time so that way you're not wasting your time and your own resources. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really important to, to look at who you want to review your podcast or book for sure. And I think people think quantity more than quality. And I think in most things of life, quality 
is what you need to focus on. And, and I think that's like wonderful information that translates to so many different areas, whether, you know, you're just trying to, you know, do a blog or, or whatever it is. It's really thinking about what are you putting out? Is this the, the best in your ability to put out? Or are you just putting it out there so you can reach people? And it's really about being smart about your resources. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if people have the good content, people aren't going to want to look at your posts or read your posts or listen or. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, again, even with your social media page, if you could post something every single day, but if it's not good, if it's not reaching people, if it's not connecting, you're just wasting your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you want to give value to people, especially when you're running a business. Mm. Like say for, for books or podcasts, if you're not showing them what you're putting out there, if you're not adding value to their day, then what's the point in them listening or reading? Whether that value is information or entertainment or whatever it is. So if you're just putting out quantity, it's just really going to bring down your whole feed, you know? Mm, And I love how you said is if it's, you know, thinking about it as adding value. And I think how better things would be um, if we thought about it from a value perspective. Is this adding laughter? Is it adding joy? Is it adding entertainment? Is it adding information? What is this that you're adding? And again, even if you're just a person who's looking at like, I just want a job in this economy, in this in this space, think about when you go for that interview, how are you adding value to that company? How are you adding value to the community? If you look at things from a value perspective, I think that can really um, be a great way to shift perspective. Right. Well, because you can look at anything in your life as a, mm-hmm. a value because because even if you're trying to, like, let's say, look at it from when you're working, you get paid for your time. So you want to give, like, people are still using their time to listen to your podcast or read your book or whatever. So you still want to have the value there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially as we're approaching, like, the end of the year and we reflect on, our life and what we want. We, we are looking at like, what in my life is giving me value? You know, where do I want to have more value in my life? Whether it's more laughter more love, more joy, more this. I think that we do look at things from a value perspective, whether we name it that or not. But I think that that's a really interesting perspective, um, again, especially for business, but even in personal as well. Right. I think everybody is going to be doing a lot of reflecting this year. <laughs> Everything has been changing. And like we were talking about, about earlier with people working from home and spending more time with their family. And mm-hmm. we're going to really start being like, what is actually important in life? Absolutely. Because I think that people are even going to be looking at their current job um, or their current profession and saying, is this giving me value? And I think with the ability to work from home, it allows you to be open to different things. 
whether that's having an online business, whether that's having an online profession where you can reach people um, in different states, different continents. Um, I think the ability to really find value and up the value in our lives has definitely been presented to us. Right. Which, which is part of my business. Like I want to help more people be able to work from home and do what they want to do and work on their online business. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about your business. How did you get started in saying this is the direction? Like, did you go to school for this? Like, how did this happen for you? I did not go to school for it. I actually went to school for geology. Um, And I went to school for geology because I wanted to help the environment. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I got out of school, um, every job I did was actually destroying the environment. Um, (laughs) And it was just hard for me. I didn't like the work environment. I just wanted to do something else and then COVID hit and mm-hmm. I was working for a small company and they weren't doing good anyway. So I was one of the people get, that got affected by COVID. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to start this business that I've been thinking about for mm-hmm. at that point, like a year and just mm-hmm. too scared to make the jump, which I think a lot of people feel that mm-hmm. way about starting an online business. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And it, I definitely was going through different options in my head for quite a while this year. And then I finally was like, let's just jump in. And I had done some social media management for my previous company. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I know how to do this. I know how to help people. And I think that's like... Like with my backstory, like I I didn't go to school for social media. And so I think that's like, could be an inspiration to some people that they can do it too. Like you can Mm. do whatever you set your mind out to do just because you went to school for one thing. If you don't like it, you're not stuck. Mm. And I I really like that because I think, you know, when, again, when COVID first hit, there was a lot of these articles on um, college students who had internships lined up, but then they had they lost those internships due to COVID, or people had just graduated, and you know now they kind of the market is now shifted because no one's hiring, or you know they're look you know employers are looking for something very different because of, of COVID, and I think that this is a time to reinvent yourself for a lack of a better word or you know explore those passions that were already there um again as a way of keeping yourself motivated while either something else comes about or you might find that this is actually like in your case something that you really like that is helping you find the value in wanting to give back and help yeah absolutely i've really enjoyed being able to help people so far and see the differences in their following. Um, but yeah, the the market has definitely changed so much. I remember someone, someone told me a story that they graduated during the um, 2008 um, mm-hmm. depression, not recession, recession. Mm-hmm. recession. recession. 
Yes, during the 2008 recession. And they spent two years looking for a job after they graduated. And I think, you know, the market could end up like that. So it is a good time for people to explore what they're interested in. The the nice part about starting up a service-based business is there's really no startup cost. So it's Mm. pretty much anybody can go for it. Um, You just have to make sure that you can add value to people. Mm, I I like that. And I like how you talk about the no startup cost, because I think a lot of people are probably out there like, well, how am I going to do this? You know, I don't have any money and I'm, I'm, I'm strapped for cash. How can I do this? But, you know, like you said, there's no building, so there's no cost for extra electricity and things like that. If you can have a great business plan and a great business model, you know, you can use your social media page. And like you said, think about how you can add value to others. Right. And there's, there's so many careers like that. Like if you don't want to go into social media, even like podcasting, writing, there's so many jobs out there with relatively low startup costs. You just need to go out there and do it. Although I will say writing is a long distance run. It's a marathon, not a sprint on that one. (laughs) Yeah, I could probably imagine. um, Like, I know you talked a little bit about um, you like to review, um, you help those who are authors with their social media page and stuff. What is your favorite like genre to kind of work with? Or do you have a favorite genre to work with? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a favorite genre, but I would say um, young adult is really popular right now. So it's relatively, I wouldn't even say relative. It's easier to get them out there because everybody loves reading young adults. Hmm. Interesting. Like if you I could see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Hunger Games, the uh, um, all those are young adults, you know, young adult novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones. I can see that. I could definitely see that. So tell me a little bit about, I know on your social media page, you talked about having a virtual quote unquote coffee to go over um, kind of what you can offer. So like, what does that look like? So if someone's like, hey, I'm listening to this and I'm really interested and want to see how um, how to, how this works. What happens during that first meet? Um, so I usually try to do a Zoom call. So we're face-to-face. At least they can see me. They can see I'm a real person. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of like bots <laughs> and stuff. But um, I just try to establish what they're struggling with how I can help them with that um, and just kind of go from there, kind of get a feel for what their business is looking like at that time and, you know, see what I can do for them to help them. And then I have, I like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have like packages purse, I guess, but um, for the most part, I, part, I just make custom packages that I price based on what everybody needs. Or I have been lately doing um, 
services based on their budget because, you know, it's COVID. Everybody's struggling a little bit and I still want to be able to help people. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like take everybody's entire marketing budget or anything. But I I really like that. And I think that's an interesting um, business model to go by budget. And I think, you know, a lot of people that would be helpful you know, you, you sometimes don't know how much things are going to cost or, you know, can I afford this service? All that, you know, sometimes when you show up is, Hey, I have a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, $500. Like you just know that you have this and you're just like, does that get me? And so I think that's helpful that, um, you have kind of like a budget model that people can use to better their business and their services. Right. Which maybe that's not the best <laughs> business model to make make money. But like I said, I'm like, I'm not in it to get rich. I'm in it to help people. Um, and, you know, if I present my packages and they're like, oh, my God, you know, I mm-hmm. I want them to have an alternative because they still need the help. Mm-hmm. Because if someone's getting on a virtual coffee date with me, they do need help. Mm-hmm something Mm. I want to be able to do as much as I can do for them absolutely Mm -hmm. now like I said you to provide alternatives and again I think that how businesses govern themselves go governs themselves going forward might have to change and it might be you know hey what are the alternatives that we can offer people um you know we're seeing a lot of like big name businesses that are going out of business. I think I was driving by the mall and Lord and Taylor's is going out and, you know, you have all these big name businesses that are, you know, were struggling before, but now are going out of business. And so how do you, as a small business owner, help your business to stay afloat? How do you, who are trying to get into business, kind of market yourself and come on the market during this time? I think providing alternatives is a good strategy. Right. And I'm not here trying to be part of the problem, you know, and make Mm -hmm. people even more strapped for money. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the people that are like established and making a lot of money in that are writing or podcasts, you know, they don't necessarily need help. It's the people that are just getting started and Mm. maybe just making a little bit of money. So, you know, I want to be a resource to them without breaking the bank for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned um, you have some packages. Can you explain like what some of those might look like? Yeah. So I've got four packages. The first one I'd say is my completely customizable We're just going to customize it to exactly what your business and your budget requires. And um, that one's my most varied one. That could be anywhere from like super cheap to expensive. It just depends on what your budget is, what you want to spend, what you need. And then I've got some more set packages that are based on how many platforms you want me to help you with. Like if you want me to help with... Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Um, if I'm doing posts for you, um, how many posts a week you want, how many story posts a week, 
I'd say most people are interested in my first package where I don't post for them, but I'm more teaching them. And that package Mm. is what inspired me to start working on my course so that I could lay out everything for them and then do like coaching calls with them to help them. I like that. I might have to call you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people would really benefit from a course. Absolutely. Because as you were talking and you mentioned LinkedIn, um, again, for people that are just like, hey, I'm just an everyday person. I'm just trying to find a job. Social media is important. You know, again, with so many people looking and trying to get into the job market, that employer has so many resources, including your social media page. And, you know, you know, using and having a social media page that can really grab employers, that can really market yourself and your skills, whether that's as being a leader, as a community advocate, as, you know, just someone who, you know, is just very therapeutic, you know, using social media, it can just benefit everyone and just cleaning that up and just making it more um, engaging can really be a benefit, I think. Right. Like social media is so much of everybody's life anymore that mm-hmm. you definitely, especially if you're looking for a job right now, you definitely want to stand out and have a really good looking profile for anybody that might be a potential employer. You know, it's about like reinvesting in yourself. If you really think about it, it's the same way as if you pay for a course to you know, have better finances or um, whatever. It's really the same way of reinvesting in yourself to just growing yourself, growing your business. Um, It really, social media has really become such a key part of our life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how people need to look at it as an investment, Mm -hmm. especially with like audits or a course. It's like a one-time investment rather than Mm -hmm. so management is like a monthly investment, but like a one-time investment is really, really doable for people and can make quite the impact on their platforms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, another thing you had posted was about the morning routine for um, success. And it it really translated to everyday life. It was about kind of like having like a pattern every day. It was the morning routine for a successful day. And the four steps were taking a few moments to sit in peace. Two was take time for your loved ones. Three was eat a filling breakfast. And four was make a list of priori- priorities to get them done before lunch. And I, again, like, they're simple, simple tasks, but they really can make a great impact. It's really about taking care of yourself so you can take care of your business and take care of others. I mean, with anything, it starts with you at the center. And if you can really take care of you, whether that's growing your knowledge and how to use your social media, how to organize your life, it can really help you have better outcomes. Right. And it actually, like came from myself because I was having the hardest time being productive during the day. And so I was like, you know, I really need to sit down and have a morning routine and 
then I just like realized that I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> I have my work in the afternoon. And so I think starting with a morning routine really like made me look at myself and be like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just wasting time trying to work in the morning. It just doesn't work for me. But I can do this and this and this and still have a productive morning. And so maybe everybody's morning routine looks different, but it sets them up for a better afternoon or evening. I I love how you said about, it really was about you kind of understanding what worked for you. And that is super important. And I think with, again, people working from home, you get to create these customized work days that help you be more productive. Um, Like for me, I know that, you know, when I'm working from home, taking like mini breaks in between tasks, whether it's just to walk downstairs, get some water, come on back, just that brief little break helps kind of keep me up and going versus sitting straight through for hours to get my work done. Right, which I think is just an amazing benefit to working from home. And I think a lot of companies are starting to see that because some people just don't work great in an office setting. And when you're mm-hmm. at home, you can work when is best for you. Even if that's like you don't want to work at 8 a.m., you want to start at 9 a.m., a lot of companies seem to be cool with that. And just just being able to control your day mm. and when you're stressed, you can step away from a second for a second, go play with your dog or something instead of mm-hmm. sitting in your office and continuing to be stressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. It's just about it. I think when you're at home, you more check in with yourself and there's less pressure. It's just, again, a very different environment. Yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't seen any stats from any offices, but I would think that the productivity level would would go up when people are more in control of their day and they can do what works best for them. I would really like to see, um, I think there's going to be some interesting data around, you know, 2020 and previous years and post years. It's um, going to be interesting for those who are studying that. But um, when we had talked prior, you talked about hiring a virtual assistant in some of the benefits, like you don't have to pay. It's like having a private contractor. Yeah. So you'll probably pay more per hour, but you'll pay Mm -hmm. less than what you have to pay with salary, paying into 401k, um, insurance, days off, because as as a person owning their own company, you're responsible for your own insurance. You're responsible for your own taxes. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely in the end cheaper to outsource rather than, and then you don't have to also deal with training because mm. when you're outsourcing, you should be hiring someone that's specialized in exactly what you need. So like someone's not going to hire me and then train me in Instagram, you know, where if you mm. hire an employee, you're going to have to train them. And you know what? That's also, again, that's interesting. And I, I like how you put it like that. Again, for people who are like, how do I market myself to make myself the most um, appealing to employers? Well, if you can really invest in yourself, 
train yourself to be really good like you did in like social media and marketing for authors and in podcasts. It makes it easier for to say, hey, like you said, I don't have to pay for time off. I don't have to pay for insurance. I don't have to pay for this. I can just hire you who you're already saying, I can do this job. I specialize in this job. Um, again, in this time of COVID where businesses are struggling, I think it's a really economical way to ensure that they're being competitive, but also being financially responsible. When you hire an employee, unless it's like a seasonal worker, you're hiring them pretty much indefinitely, you know, until like something goes wrong, where if you're outsourcing, if you only need help with whatever task for two months, then you just hire them for two months and nobody's feelings are going to be hurt because that, that's mm. they're, they're a freelance. That's how it goes. So there's no long-term requirements at all. Interesting. I, I do. I think that it was super smart what you did. I, I do. I think it was really smart to say, okay, hey, I was doing something that I wasn't super happy with. COVID has now hit. How can I use this as an opportunity to regain some control? And I think it was just super awesome that you said, hey, I'm going to go out there and start this business and I'm going to help others along the way as you know, you continue to navigate that. So just well done. And thank you again for, for joining me to share your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you invited me to do a podcast. I've actually never recorded a podcast before, so this is fun. Awesome. And I hope, you know, again, you come back and you share about the environment and definitely keep me updated about your course. Um, do you have a, an ETA of when that might be available? Um, I'm still kind of deciding how to structure it. Cause I think I want to structure it like that someone can buy my course and all they want to work on is Instagram, then that's fine. Or if they want to work on all the social media platforms, mm. do like a package thing. So I'm still kind of looking at how to structure it, but I'm hoping to be ready to go in two to three weeks. So hopefully pretty quick here because I know like I would love to have people improving their business in the new year. I like that. I think that's a great strategy and um, listeners Christmas is coming up. You can definitely buy that for, you know, someone for Christmas. I think that would be very nice. Um, I, you could buy it for me listeners for Christmas. <laughs> and I will absolutely be doing a holiday sale for it. So that's something to keep in mind too. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Please do not be a stranger to coffee and combos. Um, and before we get into our last segment, which is what's in your cup, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything else you'd like them to know? I mean, I think I would like to share if, if anybody is interested in, of course, if they're interested in my services, but if anybody is curious about doing something similar to what I'm doing, like, please reach out and I would love to give tips or like referrals to like I hired a coach. So to help me get my business going, 
So if they need referrals to a coach, I would be happy to help people get started as well. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, Everyone, the information will be posted in the link in this podcast. Um, Please, 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 please reach out to Cadence. Um, She has definitely shared a lot of knowledge this time uh, regarding her journey. And hopefully you are able to take these tips and apply it to your life, your business, to the business of your loved ones. Um, Now, before we leave, we're going to end with our segment, which is what's in your cup. And this is the segment where we list off three things we are adding to our cup to get us through our day and our week. And Cadence, while you think of yours, I will give you my three things. So my cup is just already filled. Thanksgiving was just the other day. And my cup is just full of joy, family, and peace. And so I'm going to continue that in my cup for as long as I can. And so my cup, again, is filled with just joy, family, and peace. Um, And so that's all I need to get me through the rest of this week. Cadence, what about you? I love that, actually. Um, I think, and I think with a lot of other people, I am definitely going to start looking at Christmas. And (laughs) Yep. I'm going to put some Christmas cheer into my cup. Um, some terrible Hallmark movies <laughs> and just, I'm going to go with family too. I love that. I love your cup. It's like the perfect transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's full of cheer. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Listeners, please add three things to your cup that are, is going to get you through your day and your week during this holiday season where we are being sensitive that it is both joyous and hard for those of you who are out there. And again, um, as we've talked about these business concepts, please also apply them to your life, whether it's creating a morning routine that helps to set you out for a peaceful day, whether that's in using your resources to better structure and organize your day, um, just so many useful nuggets that you left us with. So again, thank you so much. And please enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I said, I've not done a podcast, so I was pretty excited to to record one.